Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mentally yours, from Ellen and Yvette. A podcast on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours, mentally yours. Hi everyone, and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. I'm Yvette, and this week we're chatting to Eve Carnarvon. She's a coordinator at the Perinatal Mental Health Partnership. We're going to be chatting to her and finding out about Maternal Mental Health Awareness Week, which is this week. So Maternal Mental Health Awareness Week, this is our sixth year. So it's a week that was put together by myself and 13 other people in 2017 um, as survivors of maternal mental illness to kind of raise awareness of mental health while pregnant and in the first year after birth. Um, we quite often heard the term postnatal depression, but we also realised people were being underdiagnosed and there's still such a stigma attached to it. But also there are so many other illnesses such as maternal OCD or postpartum psychosis or antenatal depression, um, which kind of weren't talked about much or and being underdiagnosed. So we decided to to set up an awareness week to bring awareness to those illnesses. But actually, as the week's grown over the years, what we realise now is we're kind of trying to do things where we can impart knowledge on women on their families to help them on their road to recovery um, and then show them all the help that's available across the UK from all the charities and organisations that can do that. Fantastic and can you tell me a bit about this year's theme and why you chose it? Yeah so this year's theme is the power of connection. Um, I think we've realised over the last couple of years we know that people were really affected by the pandemic and how services delivered to pregnant women and in the first year after birth were delivered differently. People felt there wasn't a lot of support and what we definitely noticed is that people were kind of getting support for perinatal mental illness from charities and organisations maybe kind of virtually 
or kind of coming together in different ways on the internet. And it was a real kind of thing of connecting up. At the start of the pandemic, I wrote a directory about all the perinatal mental health services across the UK and how they changed their delivery. So which ones are going to change to Zoom? You know, which ones are going to be doing kind of support groups in different ways? And what we realised was is that people were connecting up and getting support in different ways. Um, and so we thought a really great thing to do this year was to say it's the power of connection. It takes a village to support people um, on their path in parenthood and on their road to recovery. So showing how we all connect together and the power of that, we just thought it was a kind of a, it was really powerful. What are your hopes for this week's, um, this year's event? Our hopes are, I mean, it grows each year. Our main hope throughout all of this, and we always say this, is that women and families deserve help. They deserve not to feel like this. And I think the messages we get through and that we want to happen this year is that people say, actually, I really felt like, people were listening to me. I was watching these Instagram lives, all these Facebook lives delivered by people like you, Eve, or other people in the um, Perinatal Mental Health Partnership. You are people who've recovered from the illness. You're showing that you can get better. And so people kind of say it almost imparts knowledge on them that they know they're going to recover. But I do think one of the biggest things that we've done is people will walk away from the week with information about what could potentially be wrong with them and then engage with a healthcare professional but also we found it really wonderful that healthcare professionals are finding the week to be such a good source of information um so we just think imparting knowledge on people not just raising awareness but actually giving them practical tools to start their road to recovery what are some of the um, biggest misconceptions around maternal mental health i mean i think there's quite a lot of the people there's still a huge stigma attached to it i think the misconception is um that you have to have had a mental illness previously before you've had a baby that it only affects certain people you know we say perinatal mental illness doesn't discriminate in any way um sometimes people think it means that you know you're not a good mum not at all you know anyone can experience this and I think also there is a real women really worry about talking about how they feel after having a baby and it not being that a wonderful experience your life is changing when you see a baby you know all the troubles will go away women are still really frightened to say that that's actually not how they're feeling and so I think one of the main things you want to do is to say it's not okay to feel like this but it's okay to say I need help um but I think definitely it's the thing we're trying to get through is that anyone can experience perinatal mental illness and then also anybody can get better yeah and that's really fantastic to sort of share that message and then also I think there can be kind of misconception that um I mean people have heard of postpartum depression but they might not know so much about um, postpartum psychosis. Well, you mentioned in there earlier postpartum rage. I mean, I'd never heard of that. Um, is that fairly common or what's that about? Yeah, it is. But you're right. So I had postpartum psychosis 12 years ago and I hadn't heard of it. I only heard of it once I was diagnosed and I was admitted into psychiatric care into a mother and baby unit. Um, so that's why we're trying to get out what the different illnesses are. Postpartum rage, so many women talk to us about this. And actually, that's why we're doing a specific session uh, with Dr. Boyd on this this year. Feelings of extreme anger in the perinatal period. And women often say, I was so calm and placid before. I didn't really have a temper. And then I had my baby. And I felt this rage inside of me that I've never had. I felt like nothing could go right. I felt rage towards my baby. I felt rage towards my family. But I also felt rage towards myself that I felt like this. And actually, people say it's a feeling that just they cannot stop the anger. And when I said we were doing a postpartum rage session this year, we had so many messages from women saying thank you, because it's actually really frightening me about how angry I'm getting. Um, same with postpartum psychosis. You know, it's a uh, uh, one in every thousand births a women can uh, have postpartum psychosis and a few years ago I worked on EastEnders where they based the storyline um, on the illness 
And, it, you know, it can be devastating for families. It's a psychiatric emergency. It's when women experience hallucinations or mania um, in the postpartum periods. And it can happen really quickly after birth. Again, but I think I do think the awareness has been very good about talking these illness, talking about these illnesses that haven't been talked about enough previously. Yeah, especially, as you said, as there can still be that idea that, you know, everything should be rosy when you have a baby, you know, everything's meant to be perfect and kind of understandable because you, especially sort of the rage and, yeah, I think it's great that you're, you're talking about that. Um, you know, you're right. So I think I, you know, personally, my son, you know, my son was my fifth pregnancy and I desperately wanted him and um, he came along and the hour before birth, I was really excited. And about two hours after birth, I started to descend into psychosis. And you think, what have I done? Why is nature playing this horrible, horrible, torturous trick on me you know and often we talk to women who experience intrusive thoughts you know the thoughts that you get that come into your brain that you don't want you know sometimes people you have that thought or you stand at the tube and you think oh I could jump now or and people say I'm having visions of you know hurting my baby or hurting myself and of course we know that those intrusive thoughts don't mean you're going to do them they mean the opposite but they are incredibly distressing to know that you're experiencing them and actually then women will say to us I don't want to tell the doctor I'm having them because I don't want them to think I'm a bad mum and I don't want them to take my baby away and what we're saying is actually there are specific treatments for women who are experiencing intrusive thoughts please be honest to your healthcare professional because there is support that they can give you and I think motherhood can be and has been for me personally like the best thing I've ever done but I also had an incredibly rough start with it as so many women did and I think that rosiness isn't always there in the beginning and actually it can not be there in a really horrible way and I think the most important thing is that women don't experience this and this they do that they get help and support immediately to help rectify it because you I always say this reason you can and you do get better um but be open about your symptoms and I think and hope what we do in the week is kind of give tools to women and their families so they feel safe to open up to a healthcare professional and that they then get the response from the healthcare professional that they deserve do you mind telling us a bit more about your own story and also kind of how the sort of support that you've got the support that you hope that other mums get postpartum psychosis in the way that you did yeah of course I'm I'm always so happy to talk about what happened to me even though for me now it seems so long ago I do know there's a power in sharing stories and you know the, the women that do it when they share their story it, you know it really 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 does give hope to other people and I definitely sought that hope when I was poorly so I was pregnant with my son um, I've got a really rare, rare womb condition where I have two wombs so actually being able to have a full-term pregnancy was very difficult for me um but I had Joe and all was wonderful in the world you know and I was in the postnatal ward and I'd had a lovely planned cesarean that all went really lovely and um my mum came into the postnatal ward and she said the first thing she noticed was that my face looked glazed over so this is probably about an hour after having Joe, and she said Evelyn you look like a zombie and it sounds really kind of flippant but actually that was my mum could obviously see that I was kind of maybe probably at that point going into some kind of silent hallucination which is what we learned um the first three days after birth while I was in hospital I felt incredibly hot I felt like my body temperature was really really high and I kept crying um and when we left the hospital I can remember my eyesight went really blurry um and I couldn't really see the cars on the road and then when we got in the car to take the baby home I said to my husband, I think there's hundreds of people surrounding the car, rocking the car. I have a really weird feeling. Um, and uh, the health visitor came around after the first week and John said, I'm a bit worried about Eve. She's, uh, you know, so she's seeing things and the duvet cover is dancing. And um, 
And the biggest thing was is that I had said to my husband, I think I'm really scared of the baby. I don't know what it is about him, but I think I'm really frightened of the baby. And I wouldn't be on my own with my son. Um, and that feeling just grew. I became totally and utterly terrified um, of this baby I'd just given birth to with the overwhelming feeling that he was here forever um, and that I would never be able to cope with the fact that he was here forever. I couldn't just walk away from him and go back to normal. And so I felt like I was trapped by this baby that I'd had um, that I couldn't get away from. And then I felt like I was becoming trapped in the walls in my house. I felt like the walls were going in and out on me and I could physically see it. Um, when I went outside, I felt like the air was trapping me. And I said to John, I just want to try and climb up to the clouds and cut through them with scissors. But then when I do that, I'm trapped in space, which is never ending. And then I was having hallucinations where I was floating in the corner of the room and it was all, all absolutely horrendous. And throughout all this time, John was taking me to doctor after doctor to A&E numerous times, um, to doctors in the middle of the night, to crisis teams who said, oh, you know, we've kind of seen this before. Um, uh, some of people telling John that I was just sleep deprived. Uh, John was saying, oh, I've been Googling and I think she might have this form of psychosis and I think she needs to go into a special psychiatric ward. And the doctors we were seeing said, no, and those psychiatric wards don't exist anywhere near we live. And actually, when Joe was six weeks old, I had a huge meltdown where I woke up and thought I had been uh, buried alive in a coffin. Um, and uh, John just turned up at hospital with me to psychiatric outpatients and just said, someone has to do something about this. Um and so I was admitted to a psychiatric mother and baby unit. And there's only a few of them in the country and they have around six to eight beds. But I was admitted to one uh, in Nottingham and we live in London. Uh, and I think one of the reasons that I started off doing this awareness work is that when I was poorly, no one knew there was a mother and baby unit really near right where we live. So we ended up being admitted in Nottingham where I actually could have been admitted nearer to my home. Um, and the first week I was in the mother and baby unit, uh, I wouldn't go near my baby. They said when you go into these places you, you share a room with your baby to encourage bonding while you're put on medication and your recovery begins and I was so frightened of being near my son on my own uh, that a, a nurse like my bedroom door was open for the first week and a nurse sat outside it for the first week and I think it was at the end of the first week where uh, someone closed my door accidentally and I I think I realized I was on my own with my baby for probably about 30 seconds um and I came out of the room and I said to the nurses, I've done it. I've been on my own with Joe for, I mean, I don't really know how long it was. And even if it was three seconds, it was a huge victory. Um, and then I was released on home leave from the mother and baby unit. And for around three months, I was kind of in and out of the unit and then uh, at home and had a community, community psychiatric nurse every day come and see me. Uh, yeah, and I think it probably took me around four months to kind of get to a point where I felt slightly manageable, but it probably took me a good year to to feel more like Eve again. Um, but for me, it was accepting that I needed quite a lot of medication to get rid of the psychosis, then medication to help me with the huge anxiety that I was, was left with. And then I was diagnosed with PTSD when my son was three because my experience of psychosis was so traumatic um, and I had EMDR therapy um, and felt felt like Eve again and I think most importantly uh loving being a mummy um you know the Joe's the best thing that's ever happened to me um and I think when he was around four I thought I'm ready to share my story because I couldn't find any stories like mine when I was ill um so I wanted to share it and then I went on Twitter and I saw a few posts by some 
other girls who'd had a you know similar experiences or had postnatal depression and then we were talking about what could we do to raise awareness and there was like an idea that we could have some kind of awareness day or something we didn't know what to do you know we're not a charity we don't have any money or anything like that and then in 2017 we thought we're going to do it we're going to set up an awareness week um and see what happens and here we are six years later and it's a uh, I'm incredibly proud that a group of women who've been through what we did um came together with a an idea of doing something and actually now we know how many thousands of other women have been helped by us sharing our stories and creating the week so you have a group of women sort of like yourself um who may have been through um postnatal psychosis but also other experiences challenging experiences during their pregnancy and and after having the child because um perinatal isn't just um after having your kid is it it's also the time when you're pregnant yeah, it's the time while you're pregnant. Officially, it's the time while you're pregnant until your baby is up to one. But just so we do know in some places in the UK, perinatal mental health services are extending to when your baby might be up to two. But that's only a few places. But yeah, the official is all of your pregnancy and then when your baby is up to when your baby is one. Thanks so much for for sharing your story on that. I mean, it's it's pretty horrendous that the, um, you know, the mental health team didn't know that there was a mother and baby sort of support unit near your where you lived and you had to go to Nottingham so I'm sorry that that happened I mean I'm sorry the whole thing happened but it sounds like you had a really sort of strong partner who was pushing for you to get help um which I think makes such a difference doesn't it if you've got someone in your corner during those times when you're struggling with um, mental health do you know what John was my savior throughout all of this because I definitely definitely the night before I was hospitalized when I when I the coffin thing happened I had woken up in the middle of the night kind of in a terrible state and John kind of found me kind of walking up and down the stairs over and over and over again like chanting um we went to a doctor in the middle of the night who didn't even look at me she didn't even look at me she just set at her computer screen and she honestly just said to me like have some sleep and all will seem better in the morning time and John was like no <laughs> no this is not happening again no um which is why the next day, you know, he just marched me into psychiatric outpatients. But I feel incredibly lucky that I had John by my side to be able to fight for me at a time where I felt no one was listening. Um, and I think, you know, we we see so many different family scenarios and, and makeups in the perinatal period, you know, and we're really aware that some people don't have that person fighting for them, which is why we try and give them the, the tools to kind of fight for themselves. But also you shouldn't have to fight for your care. You know, like you if you see a doctor or you know a midwife or a health visitor and they're not sure how to support you you know they will know somebody in their field who does you know and if you do go and see a doctor and they kind of uh say there's no help you can get you know please know if you're listening you can say i want to see another doctor you can book another appointment um but it's i always when i started doing this my main kind of thing was to try and raise awareness of mother and baby units and get people to listen and then i think when eastenders did the storyline they focused very much on the fact that they were trying to find and find a mother and baby unit space for for stacy who was suffering from psychosis so it's i think we've come such a huge way in the 12 long way in the 12 years since i had joe now we've got specialists perinatal mental health uh, health visitors and midwives you know there's three more mother and baby units now that's come up over the last few years you know that the help is 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 growing um and the awareness of healthcare professionals is growing but i think we can all collectively probably do better to support people yeah definitely and it must have been quite a challenging time for your members um, who were pregnant or recently had kids 
as well you know with the lockdowns have you have you heard sort of stories from people in in terms of that because I, I mean in terms of any kind of mental health issue I mean some people have found it sort of better in terms of getting remote help you know having chats with established psychiatrists sort of via zoom and things if you've got depression but I mean the past few years have been just awful for everyone haven't they but has have things been sort of particularly hard um for people struggling um with maternal mental health oh god yeah I mean we hear these stories so much over the last couple of years I think first of all first of all maybe women who've experienced miscarriage or something you know not being able to go in with a partner to a scan or, or vital appointments you know and then having that kind of very incredibly sad news given to you but you know women saying to us you know I've had my first baby um you know it's middle of lockdown uh I'm not sure if my health is allowed to visit me or not you know my baby's five days old and I'm feeling a bit weird um you know, should a health officer be coming to see me? Who do I tell that I'm feeling funny? I'm trying to contact my GP, but I have to go through this application procedure, this triage thing online. And then they're supposed to get back to me within 72 hours and no one got back to me. So I'm trying to do it again. And I think then trying to access psychiatrists, we have people saying to us, you know, I'm going on Google to try and pay for a private psychiatrist, but then it's going to take three weeks for someone to see me. And, you know, so I think we have seen so much women and families over this period, the real struggle to get help when they really need it. I remember what it was like when, you know, John could just walk me into a service and say, someone's got to pay attention to Eve. But, and also John was able to come and see me every day when I was in the mother and baby in it. You know, and actually I was talking to a woman last night whose daughter's in the mother and baby in it. And she was saying, you know, we can't go in and see her because of COVID. You know, it's only her husband is allowed to occasionally, you know, and she wants to be there for her daughter and support her and she can't, you know, and I love that fact that my mum could come and visit me a couple of times in the mother and baby unit. So I think people have really struggled with help because they haven't been able to see someone face to face. You know, and quite often we would say, sit down with your doctor. And we would say to doctors, you know, ask ask the right questions, you know, look in the eye of the mum in front of you and say, how was the birth? And, you know, how did that make you feel? Over Zoom, it's just not the same. You know, and I definitely know that when I was just having some normal doctor's appointments, sometimes they weren't even over video call, they're just on the phone. And you kind of really feel like you want someone to see your facial expressions. You want to create a relationship, a connection with them and getting on the phone and saying, oh, I'm having these thoughts about maybe that I feel like I'm going to harm my baby or harm myself that's really hard to say when dr smith has just phoned you up who you've never met or dealt with and it's your first baby and your baby's seven days old and you've never had any issues before you know it's incredibly hard to just come out with that because you, you're not sitting there and, and kind of engaging with them eye to eye i think it's been really hard for people really really hard um and unfortunately i think it's still hard you know like i was saying last night with that uh, lady who can't visit her daughter so it's just it's been really really difficult for people and I think that's why at the beginning of lockdown when we did that directory about how perinatal services were changing online and what did we know it was really popular because people were just desperate to see where they could get help where they could um, but we definitely heard of people saying I'm, I'm struggling around I'm googling where I can get help it, people kind of saying oh, I haven't got the money to go private but should I go private but then like they can't see me for weeks it's been a really traumatic time for people and families uh yeah, it's not been good over the last couple of years. There is something for to say for just seeing people in real life for any mental health issue. And as you say, with your own mum, she sort of she could just see from your face that something was wrong. You know, she might not know what was going on. And you would hope that a doctor would sort of pick up on that as well. We don't want to sort of scare people into thinking because I can imagine actually 
there are other mums who are incredibly sleep deprived and hormones are all over the place. It's a tough one. I mean, the baby, the baby blues is something we talk about. You know, it's a, it's a, there is a natural period of the baby blues after you have a baby because your hormones are all over the place. You know, you are massively sleep deprived. You know, you're like a full time milk canteen. You know, where you're, or you're, you know, or you're boiling bottles or something like that. So, you know, the baby blues is something that can last up to a couple of weeks after the birth of a baby, and then you naturally fall into kind of your own rhythm and, and back to what your kind of your own normal self is. But I think that you know, one of the great things is that you know having midwives and health visitors coming to see you in your home after birth is when you can then face to face talk to them about how you're feeling while they're weighing baby and all that kind of stuff um we definitely don't want to scare people because not everybody goes through this at all but we definitely do need to have these conversations out in the open so some people do think that it's going beyond the realms of their normal um sometimes we say to people it doesn't matter whether someone says you're suffering mildly moderately or severely if it affecting you so you don't feel like yourself then that's when you need to go and get help how can friends and family better support women who are struggling with their mental health um, during pregnancy or after childbirth I think this always sounds so simple but I think honestly is validating what they're saying you know it's sometimes we get people saying I've opened up to my mum or my mother-in-law or my partner and they say oh you know it'll pass it'll be okay or everybody has babies you will get better I think one of the biggest things is to say You've been really brave opening up and telling me this. Okay, let's see what we can do to help you. It sounds so simple, but validating that feeling and saying, you've opened up now, let's see what we can do to get you help is a really important one. I think quite often people say to us, when we do our little kind of questions and answer things on Instagram, people say, I really would like if someone, if they came over to see me, that, you know, they kind of, uh, could they bring some food for us you know could they bring something that's going to help us as we get through this really difficult period um but i think just the most important thing is validating the feeling it's a really difficult thing to say i think i regret having my baby i'm feeling weird towards the baby i don't feel like myself i don't want anyone near me i can't stop crying um or there's a, a woman in your life who is looking all made up like she might have been previously before you know and you think oh she looks great you know Friends and family could also take the initiative and say, you know, you look really good or whatever, but how are you feeling after the birth? You know, is everything all right? It's kind of making sure that it's not just about, I think there's always been a thing for years of, but you've had a healthy baby, so it's all okay. Actually, no, it's not just having a healthy mum either. It's having the healthy woman in your life. You know, she's still her. She's become a mum. It's the biggest change you'll ever go through. So asking questions about how she's feeling and actually then saying if you're not feeling okay it's okay to tell me and then validating her when um when she does reveal the symptoms Mm. um and what would you say to any new mums listening who feel like they are struggling and they just don't really know what to do i would say to them first off you can and will get better it will i promise you no matter how horrendous it seems, I could see no way out. I could see absolutely no way out of the pit of doom that I was in. I could see no way out. You will get better. Um, what I would say is if you're in the early days and your midwife or health sister is still coming around, like do know you can sit down with them and just say, could I say something to you? If you feel like you can't get the words out, write down how you're feeling on a piece of paper, even if it's a couple of sentences, and hand it to them. If you get an appointment with your doctor, you know, say, I really would like to see them face to face. And you feel like you can't say the symptoms again, write them down and hand them to them. Um, Know it's okay to reach out. Know if you are starting to feel like you're not safe or you feel like you might hurt yourself. Like, it's okay to go to hospital and say that. 
just know that it's okay to say I don't feel right can someone help me because that's what I did that's what other people have done it's okay to do that but the most important thing is you will get better and it doesn't matter how if you have to go on medication fine if you have to have therapy fine if you have to get admitted to a psychiatric hospital it's all fine like you will be okay um and just know that that hope is there just know that it's there If you've been struggling with any of the issues we've been chatting about today, please give the Samaritans a ring on 116 123. You can also find them online at samaritans.org. You can find us online. We have a Twitter account, which is at MentallyYRS. And you can also join our lovely Facebook group, which is simply called Mentally Yours. See you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.